0: Good morning brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hediger. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate those miracles together. Praise God. I do have a couple announcements this morning. Happy Mother's Day! That goes out to all the the biological moms, that goes all out to the stand-in moms that have helped raise uh, children or grandchildren, neighbors' children, um, all those that have made a difference in in somebody's life. I thank you and I wish you a happy Mother's Day. And for those that may have not have had a mom growing up um, or had a difficult relationship with their mom, um, I keep you in prayer today because I realize... You know, not every relationship has been perfect, so um, I keep all the moms lifted today. God bless you all. This morning's lady, uh, memory verse comes from Luke 5.11. Luke 5.11. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Let us pray. Lord, we're gathered here today as one body because you chose to call us your friends. We come from all walks of life, and in the world's eyes, we aren't good enough or worthy enough to have this bond. But because of you, we are made worthy. Despite all the drama in our lives, we made it here to worship and praise your name today. May the love we experience in worship restore us, revive us, and refresh us. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for calling us your friends. We thank you for the community in which you've placed us, and for the brothers and sisters that share our journey to follow you. Father God, use our broken selves as tools of hope and love on this day. We confess that at times we fail to love as you love. Sometimes we push aside those whom we believe are the least in your kingdom. Sometimes we fail to see your kingdom in parables because we fail to see your kingdom in each other forming us today, a new vision of community which is not based on sex or skin color or our position in the community. We pray for the sake of your kingdom, that both is and it is yet to come. Amen. Please join me with a call to worship. See what love has been given to us, that we should be called children of God. By this, we know, love, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and lived and died, that God's love might be made plain among us. Therefore, beloved, let us not love in word or in speech, but in deed and in truth. Because we love one another, we know that we have passed from death into life. This is the victory that overcomes the world through Jesus Christ, who is risen. Amen. This morning's lady scripture comes from Matthew 10, 34 through 39. Matthew 10, 34 through 39. Excuse me, it reads this way. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Excuse me. We move to joys and concerns. And um, we have a lot of joys. Our churches are going to be singing with joys this morning. It's going to be so wonderful. Um, We still have some concerns, of course. And as I'm doing this joys and concerns segment, a beautiful, beautiful male cardinal just landed outside my window. So I will give that up as a joy this morning. He is so gorgeous. Thank you, Lord. That red is so bright. And he's looking at me trying to figure out what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thanking God for you, fella. Oh, there he goes. So as we're doing joys and concerns, if you would please just, you know, whisper them out, yell them out, scream them out, uh, but offer them up to the Lord this morning, please. Let us pray. Father God, in these moments of quiet, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We especially thank you this day for Jesus. We thank you for his humility. We thank you that rather than elevating himself above, above us, He instead lifts us up and calls us friends. We thank you for his many reminders that we are to love one another, but we confess that we have great difficulty following his command to love. We become upset with others and find it easier to reject them than to seek to understand and to love them. We struggle with the almost impossible command to love our enemies. We become driven to meet our own needs and become blind to the needs of others. We're driven to succeed, which becomes all-consuming and trumps our command to love. Forgive us our foolish ways. Help us to keep in our awareness this command to love which Jesus repeated so many times. Help us especially to hear it in those hard times when it's almost impossible or most difficult to love. Help us to love others when they are power-hungry. Help us to love others when they are inconsiderate. Help us to love others when they are angry and lash out blindly. Help us to love others when they are selfish and insensitive. And mostly, help others to love us when we act that same way. Help us, O God, to love others so that we may abide in your love and learn to be more Christ-like. Amen. This morning's message is titled, Follow Me. Follow me me. We've spent uh, quite a bit of time discussing Simon Peter over the past few weeks, and for good reason. I think most of us can relate to his struggles, his struggles in the world and the struggles with his faith. At least I know I can relate. You see, Peter, Peter was good at what he did in the world. He was a professional fisherman. He knew what he was doing. But when Jesus entered his life, he realized he needed more than what the world had to offer. And he was bold and aggressive in his faith, which, as we all know, often resulted in rebukes from our Lord. He tried so hard to be true to his new calling in following Jesus. In the end, we witnessed his denial of Christ and his subsequent guilt and shame. And then, of course, we saw him return to his old ways on a fishing boat, which ended up being a night of failure. That is, a night of failure until he saw Jesus standing on that shore waiting for him to come back to him. And come back he did. He jumped out of the boat and rushed back to Jesus. Grace had appeared on that shore. After they broke bread together, we hear Christ's first question to Peter. It comes out of John 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, this can be interpreted several ways. He could have been asking Peter if he loved him more than he loved his brothers, his fellow apostles. We read that in our scripture this morning. Matthew ten thirty-seven through 38 reads, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Well, Jesus isn't telling us to hate our family, but to love him so much, so passionately, so completely, that any other relationship fades into the background by comparison. In loving him, we'll know how to best love others, including those in our family. So Jesus was given Peter the chance to proclaim his love for him above his friends. or. Perhaps Jesus was asking if Peter loved him more than those earthly possessions, such as the boat and his fishing tackle. Do you love me more than what the world has to offer, Peter? Are you kingdom-focused or world-focused, Simon Peter? See, Peter's being reminded to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing, brothers and sisters, is Jesus Christ. Well, either way you interpret it, we know that those questions weren't only presented to Simon Peter. They are presented to us as well. Where are our priorities in this life? Matthew 6, tells us to strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We are called to put God first in all we do. At the end of that conversation between Jesus and Peter, Jesus urged Peter to follow him. But wasn't Peter already a follower of Christ? Hasn't he followed Jesus for like about three years? Why would Jesus have to tell him to follow him if he was already following him? Well, I guess the answer would depend on which of those two words we place the emphasis on. Do we emphasize the word follow or the word me? Everyone follows something, We follow friends, the world, family, our own selfish desires, or God. I looked up the definition of follow as I think it applies here. It means to strive after, to aim at. To strive after, to aim at. Matthew 6, 24 tells us we can only follow one thing at a time. It reads, no one can serve two masters, For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. It says you cannot serve God and wealth. So I believe the emphasis has to be placed on the word me. Follow me. Follow me, meaning Jesus. Not our friends, not the world, not our own desires, but him. Jesus calls us to be like him to be Christ-like. We see many accounts of so-called followers of Jesus leaving him. We read this in uh, John six, where Jesus was preaching to the crowd and his disciples. In verse 51, he, he told them, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. In verse 60, we see their reaction. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? And then verse 66 tells us, Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. You see, they've been following Jesus in a general direction. They were following, but they weren't following him. They weren't striving or aiming to be like him. It's kind of like GPS when we're driving. We have a choice to follow it in a general direction or follow its specific guidance. If we follow exactly what it says, we get where we want to be. But if we ignore the commands, we end up somewhere other than we intended. Well, God's provided us with a kingdom GPS. I call it a God positioning system. If we follow his GPS, we will always arrive at the destination we prefer, which is with him for eternity. But like our car GPS, sometimes we get sidetracked. Sometimes we end up off course. But hopefully we don't give up and turn away. All we have to do is refocus on the directions and get back on course. Remember, all of the disciples went off course that night in the garden. They abandoned Jesus for a time. The disciples had walked with Jesus for three years, learning, witnessing, and even participating in his miracles. Yet even they could not follow him faithfully in their own strength. And all but Judas came back to him, back to following him. Well, I believe that's what Jesus was offering Peter here after he went back to the world, back to a fishing He was urging him, reminding him to follow him exclusively. To truly follow Christ means he's become everything to us and we put him first in our lives. Following Christ means striving to be like him. I read somewhere that there's no such thing as a halfway disciple. We're either in or we're out. Remember that warning in Revelation 3.16. Because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. We are called to make Jesus Lord of our lives and bring glory to God in all we do. We read this in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. To follow Christ means we apply the truths we learn from his word and live as if Jesus walked beside us in person. This is where that Jesus bracelet would come in handy, that what would Jesus do bracelet that I talked about a few months ago. Andy Stanley said Jesus called sinners and unbelievers to follow him. He didn't demand that they change first. He didn't even demand that they believe he was the son of God. He knew that if they just followed him, if they just took a step in his direction, it would change them. For the disciples following Jesus meant a radical decision and a change of direction. I read his disciples were so loyal to Christ and so distinct from the surrounding culture that they lived in that people took notice. And they probably said things like, those people over there, they act just like Jesus. They talk just like Jesus. They must be his followers. Brothers and sisters, it should be the same for us. Our greatest desire as believers should be to please him and grow to be more like him. We can't follow in his general direction. We need to follow him. We need to strive or aim to be like him as we defined that word earlier. In Matthew 7, 22, 2, Jesus gave them a stern warning to those that followed him in a general direction he said on that day many will say to me lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name he said then i will declare to them i never knew you go away from me that's pretty scary many will come to him thinking they're saved, but they love their lives more than they love Jesus. They followed their own desires and the world's GPS instead of God's GPS. No person has ever lived a perfect life except Jesus. We're flesh. We're going to make many mistakes. We will never be perfect, and God does not expect us to be. Thank you, Lord. Even those of us who deeply desire a Christ-centered life will stumble Will fall, will sin, and will make fleshly decisions in moments of weakness. But a Christ centered person cannot endure living in disharmony with God and will quickly confess our sin and be restored to fellowship with Him. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can become more and more Christ like every day. It's a process called sanctification. Well, maybe Peter realized this after he spent the night of fishing. He knew that Jesus' time on earth was short. He knew that he would leave them soon and ascend to the Father. Maybe he knew time was running out for him to make amends with a man he had wronged and turned his back on. Maybe he knew guilt and shame would haunt him until he got back in the right relationship with a man he loved. Maybe he realized that the confrontation and the conversation he dreaded was actually the only way he could begin that healing process. I'll be honest. This made me look at some of my relationships. It encouraged me to make sure differences are settled. It helps me look at what's going on in my life, and it helps me settle arguments peacefully and lovingly. You see, Peter had the luxury of knowing when Jesus would leave earth. I don't have that same luxury of knowing how much longer any of us will be here. Tomorrow is never promised So with that thought in mind, it makes it easier to say, I'm sorry. It makes it easier to say, I forgive you to those that have hurt me. And it certainly makes me ask to be forgiven quicker. I wonder, brothers and sisters, if any of you this morning might have someone in your life that needs forgiving. Or maybe you're the one that needs to be forgiven. I would pray today that you search your heart. Tomorrow is not Promise to any of us. True healing starts when forgiveness is offered, even to those we may not feel deserve it. Because I remember that Jesus forgave me even when I didn't deserve it. So search your hearts, brothers and sisters, and extend the same grace Jesus offered on that lake shore. We know that we'll be forgiven in the same manner as we forgive others. And I promise your hearts and your minds will be so much lighter without the weight of all that unforgiveness. And then then we can concentrate on answering the call Jesus made to Peter and to each one of us when he said, follow me. The Bible doesn't say it'll be easy, but it does promise rewards, including an eternity spent with our Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We're called to faithfully follow Christ in grace so we can follow him to glory when we're called home. My prayer this week is that we all offer forgiveness to those that hurt us and to ask for the same in return. If we're truly going to follow Jesus, let us start there, forgiving others as we are forgiven. Psalm 103.10 reminds us, God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Thank God for that. Let us pray. Lord, when we struggle to believe that you're working in all things for good, help us to hang on. Help us to see what we cannot see with our own eyes. Help us to trust and believe all that we are to you. We believe, Lord. Help our unbelief. Lord, today we want to pray for people who are struggling to see you at work. Hear their cries for mercy, Lord. Make your presence known to them. Work for good in their lives. Embrace them with your love today. Father God, you have not commanded what you have not put into practice. In fact, love is at the core of your nature. We know that as we grow in relationship with you, we cannot help but have love increased in our lives. Lord, help us to not merely have loving feelings or emotions, but to find ways to show and express our love to those nearest us this week. We pray together this morning in the manner that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, forever and ever. Amen. Bring your good deeds as an offering to God. Present to the Good Shepherd your firm commitment to care for others in the Spirit of Christ. We cannot simply dedicate our money and hire others to carry out the mission of the church. We, as individuals, are also called to give leadership and comfort to the body of Christ. The giving that God expects includes our time, our talents. And our treasures we move to the offering and as I say every week I thank you thank you thank you for your obedience thank you for supporting your local churches uh, whatever church you may be going to um, I thank you for supporting them let's not lose let's not lose any churches brothers and sisters let's support our churches let the let the kingdom be enlarged through our giving let us pray God of unimaginable love, we've known of your caring since we were babies. We've been told the stories of your love. We've read about your love, and we've sung songs about your love. These things bring us comfort. Help us through our giving, our living, and our loving to live up to the challenge of loving as you would have us love. In the name of our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. Go now and bear fruit for God, fruit that will last. As Christ has loved you, so love one another and abide always in God with love that your joy may be complete. And now receive the benediction. And now may God give you all you ask for in Christ's name. May Christ Jesus reveal to you God's ways and call you his friend. And may the Holy Spirit confirm the truth within you and make your joy complete. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless.